It's the bubble. He's Mike Bonner. I'm Montana Samuels. And before we started recording, I just had the longest conversation I've ever had about the artist Macklemore. <laughs> You're not allowed to see your favorite pup ever anymore. Macklemore Mosby is now off Mac- off limits to you. <laughs> is that his full name? That's Mac- his full Lamore. name. That's a good full name. But what brought us here is going to be the subject of our podcast today, which is everyone's favorite topic. We've got consumerism. We've got budgeting. We've got student loan debt. Just, uh, you know, the, the almighty dollar, Mike. Ducats. I think the, the aspect to it all is you're, uh, you can bring it local, locally home is your, your glass of uh, people's pressed water. Whoa. I was actually People's looking for <laughs> whatever. I don't even know what it is, but it's, it's a glass of something that has People's Pressed on it, which right. is a new juice store provider, whatever you want to describe it as, restaurant uh, yeah. in New Bedford. Uh, and it's cold press juice uh, outlet. Yeah, provider. restaurant. Something. They serve food. But we were talking about it because when we started this, I was wondering where it was and now it's it's on the ground. But <laughs> you could hear it if I sit it down on for, it's, for the effect. There it is. Just to prove. <laughs> I mean, that could be anything, but it is. It is a people's pressed glass, and it's juice. It's a juice store. It's a place where you can get juice, and <laughs> it's kind of expensive. Yeah, much like all like cold pressed juice. Um, retailers i guess if you're going to buy a cold pressed juice you you kind of know that you're paying for like the the trendy buzzwords of like organic fresh farm to table and i would say part of that yeah in that experience that you know going there i'm sh- i haven't been but i'm sure it's it's got that vibe i mean it's like bright inside and it's a little rustic but like I, we don't need to get into like health food topic. No, but, I'm not getting. Yeah, it. I, yeah. I'm talking about the that that's right. That's what we got into. Is why would you? Why why would, why would you pay this much money? Right. For I think, is that sure. not? Am I on the like, wrong podcast? Bang, is that not why we're buck. we're here? I thought was the discussion. <laughs> I go of, because I'm concerned about my diet, Mike. <laughs> this is going to be the worst podcast ever. <laughs> First of all, you you just destroy my dog, and no. then. I, I try to segue into our topic that I think we're talking about, and then it's just no, Mike, you're you're wrong. I I am a health freak. I don't pay for experiences. Or I'm a health nut. No, yeah, Mike is right. You, no, it's okay. <laughs> you, you do, but it is okay. It, it was a good segue in the sense that often we find ourselves paying for experiences more so than. Um, like saving for the long term traditionally and talking off pod we were talking about why people of our ilk and generation and age don't necessarily concern themselves as much with prior generations of saving up for like a home more so mike and myself are apt to go buy a new pair of jordans it's true and actually yeah the uh recently credit karma has a study here that 40 percent of millennials overspend to keep up with their friends uh, and the spending is anywhere from experiences of concerts, vacations, uh, to clothes, food, and anything like that. And I think that's where uh, my segue came into play, where if you were going, I would say, yeah, sure, you know, and what 
yeah, I'll, I'll keep up with you and vice versa, so sure. to speak. And I think that goes across many areas of, like yeah. as you said, concerts, vacations, experiences, uh, and clothes. And I think that's something you, Google millennials experience, and there's oh, a ton of articles because that's after yeah, that's yeah. I, I, one article by Forbes said that it's the experience economy, and that's what is driving the quote-unquote millennials. And it's something that where Montana kind of tapped on a little bit in the sense that millennials aren't buying as many houses. We're getting married later. Mm-hmm. So instead of you know these big, lavish houses or big, lavish weddings, it's the monthly spending of, as you mentioned, Jordans or right. a trip to... And it's a vacation is the lavish term, but I feel like you know a, a, right. a weekend to the Cape or a weekend to Maine sure. or whatever. It, because that's something that is we were talking as Montana likes to say off pod. It's instant <laughs> instant gratitude. It's instant yeah you, justification. It's something you can hold on to, and I, I think this. Um, once again, we talk about social media so much on this podcast, but I feel like social media does fuel these types of things because even you look at. Um, like, like, think about what you said, like a weekend trip or a day trip. That's something you can hold on to. And then through social media, whether it be an outside influence who just went on a trip or via, and you seeing that and being like, man, I need to like get on the road or go to the beach or something. Or it's something you can post and then hold on to for your extended um, memory because it's on Instagram. You can go back and say, Oh, that was such a fun trip. I just went to Salem for a day. So it's like, Oh, I just took a trip to Salem. That was so fun. But then additionally, I, I think social media plays into it where it is that keeping up with the Joneses mentality. Like we were talking about, you can't see, it. I think this is kind of an interesting point where there's this trend in fashion right now where everything's going back to sort of like ugly, cool, like, it's very 90s dad. Like, Balenciaga has been very up on this. They just released a pair of platform Crocs. Have you seen this shoe, Mike? I don't know. They've seen it. I'll look it up and show you. But it's Balenciaga. They released a pair of platform Crocs. They released a very popular shoe called the Triple S's, which is just a 90s dad shoe. But the reason we bring this up is because... Now you see these luxury brands that are maybe sending people these shoes to wear or like artists and musicians and actors are buying them. And now you can see that. And prior to the internet, you would just see someone wearing a weird pair of shoes and be like, eh, like, I don't, I don't really need that. Now you can look it up and be like, I want to wear what Quavo is wearing. And I think that's the key is, uh, that's the interesting aspect of it is who's wearing it matters. Right. Because I think as, as I'm going to show you the Yeezy desert rat 500 right here, that is just (laughs) awful. (laughs) It, it, it screams of, as you said, the dad shoe, or I don't even know what it is, but I saw when this first was released in, Oh, he's showing me the, those are bad. The <laughs> platform Crocs. This this is on Neiman Marcus for eight hundred and fifty bucks. Yikes! And sold out in multiple sizes. And Kanye West claimed that his Yeezy Desert Rat sold two hundred fifty thousand uh, in one hour last week. But it's. 
I think it goes beyond that a little bit mm-hmm. because I don't know if you remember the Steph Curry the dad dad shoe. shoes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Under Armour doesn't. It, there has to be a brand behind it. The fact sure. that Kanye West developed yeah, these yeah. anchored it a little bit. The fact that. Under Armour, Under Armour doesn't Under have... Under Armour could not sell platform Crocs. Right. It has to be Balenciaga or right. Louis Vuitton. Which is kind of the experience. I, I feel you're like buying those a to... designer good. It, you feel good about yourself because you're in these designer fabrics, or in this case, your designer plastic rubber wedge thing, whatever a Croc is made of. And it's, yeah, it's like you said, you... Do you feel that way? Because right now I feel like we're just, we're hypothesizing a little bit. And we are we belong to this generation. Sure. So for you, do you have that experience? And I'll let you think because I don't want to put you on the spot. But no, for no, me, no, no. for me, it does. I mean, in terms of right. so when I come, I I enjoy uh, Wes um, Wes Sykes, who used to work here. We developed a, uh, a freestyle Friday, I think it was, or. Free, Fresh, Fresh Kicks Friday. That's what it was. Fresh Kicks Friday. And I loved coming to work in my Jordans. And yeah. it just felt... It made the day better. I don't know right. why, but I just... Whatever. And we were speaking about this yesterday and kind of planning for this podcast. I can get basically the exact same... The, the Jordan 14 Ferraris. Right. I was looking for them. I tried to get them when they came out was unsuccessful i you know i was waiting at it and just didn't get through the nike online line um (laughs) if that makes any sense your number didn't come up and from that it was probably that would have been 2014 i'm thinking okay and i had been searching i finally got them in 2017 through searching and searching Mm -hmm. and so three years in I could have gotten a fake pair, you know, a, a replica, so to speak, a right. faux pair. No one would have been able to tell the difference. Right. I may not have even been able to tell the difference really for probably about a quarter of what I paid. Sure. Um, but for some reason, I want that experience of the authentic, yeah, real thing. I don't know why. And I, I even, I'll, I'll even wave the white flag and say, I understand that doesn't make a lot of sense. I. It doesn't sure. make any sense, right, right. but it's just, it's that, I guess it's the experience. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I can't explain it, but I will say that's what I yeah. do. I'm definitely a regretful shopper. Like I'll buy something <laughs> the first day and I'll put it on and be like, oh man, these are like, I feel so good about this. And then like three days later I get like a tiny scuff on them and I'm just like, why did I do this? Why did I buy these shoes? Why did I buy these clothes? But I, I think more so and. It's about feeling so. Something you said made me think of this. It you you feel good about yourself when you come to work on Friday and you have your your Elevens or your Twelves on Jordan, and I I think we as a culture, specifically like a youth culture, have developed this notion where we're searching for ways to feel good about ourselves because through social media, we see everybody else's so-called life like what you want to be (laughs) what they want to show you and everything looks really really good right and if you don't necessarily feel that great about yourself one day and you see like your friend like whatever your friend brian's out in like puerto rico on a beach with like like having a couple drinks with his friends (laughs) looking like he's having a really good time you're just like 
God, man. Like, Everyone's life doing? on Instagram is perfect. Right. And there's, I, I can't remember. I read a, uh, there was a piece about this. I think it, you probably read it too, like a year or two ago, like a deep dive. Or no, it was, it was Hidden Brain, Sean Carr. Um, I'm blanking on his last name. It's an NPR podcast, but they were talking about like the perceived images of social media and how that can really take an impact on people. And I think if you grow up in your formative years on social media, comparing yourselves to people, yeah, you are looking for something that like, if you feel really good when you put those Jordans on, you're going to want that feeling again. And that leads you to buy more of these things. It leads you to buy it leads into the idea of consumerism without you really understanding that that's what it is i think it social media as we've talked in previous pods just adds a megaphone or a magnifying glass over things because i think that i I didn't grow up in the social media bubble right uh i was i joined facebook as soon as i got to college but i never did myspace so i never had that but i still it goes back to um and you're going to love this, a Macklemore song, mm. Wings, where he's rapping about Jordans, and and he, he rap, at one point he, he jokes about people wearing four-stripe Adidas. Right. Where it, the shoes were very defining, especially probably yeah. in the male oh, yeah, culture yeah, for, sure. for teenage adolescents, where if you had Jordans, if you had, yeah. you know, you, you were cool, yeah. Because you had a Jordan, you had the Kobe Crazy Eights or whatever it was, yeah. rather than the four stripe Adidas at Payless or something. Right, it was the Swiss. And that was yeah, there was that that's prior to social media in, right. in, in that sense. But I think that has always existed. Right. I mean, even maybe and I don't know this, this is kind of hypothesizing, but if you went back in the seventies with the muscle cars, sure. You know, it, it, there's always this and now with social media, it just kind of adds a megaphone to that. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, it's just, you see that, I feel like that we're eventually the like trans, the, um, not the transgression, but like the, this podcast final form is just us deep diving into social media every I know, right? But it does, yeah, I I think that megaphone's really important, but it is, it is curious, like, I don't, we, we talked a lot before we started recording about student loans and things like that, and Mm -hmm. the understanding that. Also, the consumer climate is much different than it used to be, where you you can't just go out and put – we start as – like if, if you go to college, which I understand is not everybody in America, but it's a fairly decent cross-section of the culture at large – you start out with student loan debt in your adult life. So not only are you adding a, you move out on your own, you get an apartment, you have a car payment, you have insurance, you have utilities. But then in addition to that, you have a big student loan payment, which you, you had the, uh, the numbers up, but the median is in like somewhere of the 30,000 range, about 35,000. So it, it's a different climate where I I think where even 15 years ago was less than half that. Right, about fifteen ish. So in fifteen years, it's it's right. ballooned more than double. Right, and I'm not an economist, but I don't imagine inflation has raised the same rate that student loans have. So, well, I think if you look at this aspect, uh, so just how things have changed in terms of that, even just life cycle, really. Right. So I know uh, I'll take really some of my best friends. We have a group that we all you know in high school, and we were. Uh, I'm 31, giving my age away. Whoa. I know, old guy here. But 
most of our parents, I know my parents got married early 20s, mm-hmm. you know, 21, I think it was, 22. Yeah. Super early. So at 31 and all my friends are the same age, um, my high school friends, that is, we've known each other forever. I'm trying to go through my head right now. All of them have been married within the last three or four years. Right. So much later than... Uh, and. I am not married, and one of the people is not married. Right. Um, so actually, so if you take four out of the six, four out of the six of my close, close friends, two are not married, uh, and two were married within the last year. Right. And none of them, one of them has kids, and one kid. Right. So, and that's in their 30s, and uh, I'm trying to think, two... Out of the four, uh, the the two have houses, um, and then one just bought a house. Okay. So you're talking like you know the the twenties. There was no, there, there was, was no marriage. There was no kids, and there was no house. Right. And for me, there's no marriage, no kids, no house. Right. And I think that also goes to talk a lot about upward mobility, like the idea of upward mobility, where it just seems like things for this generation are happening slower. And I refuse to believe it's because millennials are spending all of their money on avocado toast right (laughs) like that take it was i mean sure millennials do pay more for avocado toast but like come on man that's not saying that who wrote that do you remember who wrote that take one of my favorite tweets of all time is someone who compiled all of the millennials killed millennials are killing applebee's millennials are killing and it's just like it was just absurd how many things millennials have supposedly have killed i think business insider sustained their entire like profit margin for one year based on those articles (laughs) (laughs) sorry i'm sorry business insider that was a joke what were you saying though (laughs) i think you had a point there and then you just went off and randomly well it just destroyed business insider (laughs) That could have been our our friends of the pod, and they're just now like, turning know. it off. Sorry, business. Don't take that to heart, business insider. It's a friendly, <laughs> friendly joke. But yeah, I, I think it just goes to show a lot about the the idea of upward mobility. Where I know, like my my dad worked at the same place for thirty seven years. Mm-hmm. The notion of if you spend enough time at a place, you will eventually get to a point where you are being paid for the time you've spent there, right? Like you stay there for long enough, you go up the food chain, up the food chain, up the food right. chain. We just got an email at Gatehouse that says, as a company, they are trying to develop that sign, that sort of culture. And, and, and it's one generation. Job. You're right. My dad has been at his current employment for more than 40 years. Right. And this at 31 is, oh man, I can't even count how many papers I've been at. <laughs> five, I think. No, right. uh, yeah, five. And so how to, and, and as a, and given we are in different industries, but like I'm, right. are we all just given our age? I'm, we're, me and Mike just given, I'm 23 and I've worked for, a t- I've worked for three different, at least three different news companies and done freelance work for two separate companies so at 23 i've at certain points held five jobs and that and my dad worked at the same place for 37 years your father same place for 40 and what does that say about the notion of where the job landscape is for people with college degrees who have gone through the college program what's that say for people without college degrees who are trying to navigate a job force and make a living right now and i think one of the keys is well i don't know if it's one a key might be a strong word but an interesting aspect for me is 
what we brought up about the student loans and this is what millennials right. are dealing with. So neither of my parents graduated college uh, yeah, same, and they, same. yeah, they, they went out and got a car and got a house and it, the, they could do that. You know, it, it's weird how as a college educated person where right. we're told for, for, for forever, Oh, you, in order to be successful, you need to go get like, going to get a house, you got to have a college. Right. Well, I went to college and <laughs> because of that, I don't have a house. Basically <laughs> kind of. Yeah. It, it's weird because I am, uh, the average, uh, it said, uh, according to, and I am losing uh, the website here, $351 is the average student loan payment for mm-hmm. borrowers aged 20 to 30 years. Um, I am paying nearly double that right. in student loans. So uh, that's, that's in some places a mortgage. Right. My mortgage oh, yeah. is going to oh, my, yeah. my student loans. For sure. And then when you place that in an up and coming metropolitan northeast region yeah that's really difficult to try to go out and buy a house yeah. for four hundred thousand or even expand it out even look at what's going on in oakland what's going on in the right. boroughs of new york what's and going on that's yeah. why you buy your your pair of joints because like well this is my this is yeah my like my well i'm not going to be able happiness. to afford a house payment right. so i might as well buy these nice pair of shoes so <laughs> and yeah and we're gonna get oh well if you put that 250 dollars into the savings right, account yeah. and that you just over yeah i would have eight thousand dollars <laughs> like over four years perfect amount for a house payment <laughs> right. it, it just yeah it is interesting but one thing i wanted to as you were talking about that where it's um people i think we our generation specifically was told that college was something that you needed to do because for a long time, people who went to college found themselves at the top of the food chain at big business and corporations and things like that. And then you saw this lapse in trade jobs. Specifically, I'm from the Midwest, Kansas, and it's difficult to find qualified people to work a trade job, despite the fact that often trade jobs pay more than jobs people with bachelor's mm-hmm. degrees get. And that's that's a la- that's a difficult thing for two economies because then you don't have – you have br- the brain drain that people talk about a lot, especially in the, like the Appalachias and the Midwest and down south. But then you also have people who are with student loans upwards of like six to $700 a month in some cases – who can't really afford to sustain a lifestyle in a place where their job is, especially, I mean, you look, if you're a tech person in Silicon Valley and you're struggling to afford to live in Oakland, which is traditionally you're at the same token, you are pricing people out of an area in which people refuse to live for a good amount of time for reasons that I think we all know. But then you're pricing those people out and can barely afford the region yourself. What does that say about the – I mean, I've said this before on the pod, but what's it say about the upward mobility prospects of the generation as a whole? I think – and I wonder for you, mm-hmm. uh, the speaking of upward mobility, for me, I think one of the reasons why I, I am in this living for experiences and, and sure. such because I don't see – upper mobility as almost a possibility. I don't, right. I, I don't see, um, myself ever becoming rich, wealthy. You know, I, yeah, I think there's affluent. a different, there's a different American dream 
yeah. for me, at least how I view it in terms of maybe my parents, and I maybe I've never asked them this, but I think that their goal was to allow me to have a better life than they did. Um, right. And hopefully that would lead to who know wealth or whatever. Sure. For me right now, without any kids and still living the millennial dream, uh, it's just pursuing, just pursuing the happiness right. because I don't, I don't see, uh, there being an end goal or a, a, a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, right, so to speak. Right. So you might as well just ride the rainbow as long as you possibly can. Yeah. I'm, I've always been curious about what, um, creates that because I, I find myself in a similar thing where like the things I value are like seeing, seeing different places, traveling, gaining right. these experiences like we've talked about. And I, I, I really struggle with that in some aspects because I understand that I'm of a position to be able to value that over finances, mm-hmm. right? Right. Or some people are literally just like, I have to keep my lights on. Like I'm going to try to do right. this thing. And that's a very, I, I often struggle with like what, as much as we talk about millennials feeling the need to gain experiences over um, traditional sources of well-being, I suppose, like a, a nice house, a family, dog, white picket fence type thing, where does the line like where does the line end? And that I feel like that's an interesting end game. Like when does everyone talks about cycles? Um, and it's it's like right now we're in the cycle of people. Uh, or moving back to city centers outside and going away from the suburbia element. When does that cycle flip again? And what does that mean? I feel like I'm just asking a lot of questions and it's maybe because I just, I don't, I literally have no clue what the answer is. Like, what does that mean again when people leave the cities? Does that mean the cities stop being taken care of and they turn into places where it's really difficult for the people who were pushed out to move back into because there's no infrastructure, there's bad schools, there's this litany of problems that now there's no resource to fix? It's I yeah. This is like way heavier than I thought we were going to get on the I on I, the- <laughs> I think well I, you mentioned, you know, the schools and such and I think that is the I, I don't want to rip on college because as we talk about experiences mm-hmm. and I've actually thought sure, about yeah. this a lot lately in terms of, because there is, as you mentioned, a lack of skilled workers yeah. because everyone is going yeah, or yeah. believes they have to go to college. But I, I actually do. I, I found the category that everyone should go to college um, because of the a experience and B I don't see a negative in terms of learning more. <laughs> you know, I don't right. think more right. education sure. can, can be a flaw. Now we definitely have to figure out the cost to it that's because that's thing. what Is we're getting what into. Yeah, yeah. Of, you know, we're here and my friends being 30 and they're finally being able to, to afford a house. So that's obviously an issue, but I think what solves all those other problems you were talking about is education. I think education yeah. can solve sure. almost any problem from economics to when I wrote a Frederick Douglass story, I spoke with um, the former president of the uh, New Bedford chapter of the NAACP, and he said, uh, education can solve racism. Oh, yeah. He said, you know, you, 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 when you learn about your family tree, because it's tough to criticize someone's family tree if you don't look up your own. Right. Because we're all interconnected in some way. Right. And, and that's just education. So I think 
education there can solve a lot of a, lo- a lot of those issues. For sure. And in a lot of ways, education has led to this experience uh, experience economy. Or that I think that's yeah, what it's I think called. so yeah. too. I yeah, I just like you said, it's important to figure out at what cost because certainly it cannot be this phenomenon where you hear people say a master's degree is a new bachelor's degree and a PhD is the new master's degree. That's not a way in which... Yeah, I would disagree with that. That's not a way in which we better this system through education. That's a way in which we find people dealing with more... It's like a... It's a quick fix because you get this notion where if you pay for this higher education, then you'll be more qualified than the next person for this job that hypothetically you were supposed to get when you graduated with a bachelor's degree. But then it just amplifies the problem further once everyone goes down that path like they did with the bachelor's degree. And then we see people not being qualified for jobs after spending hundreds of thousands of dollars to get a PhD and like... I don't even know what obscure region of like philosophy or something. That yeah, it's, it is. Yeah. I think that that's, that's, that, that is obviously an issue and we could probably spend hours, weeks, yeah. days, months, years. Uh, but yeah, I think it's, it's something where in going to college and, and exiting with such great amount of debt, I think that's what leads to the, the overspending, as we mentioned, the Credit Karma report of forty percent. Right. In terms of, I, I, I won't be finished paying my student loans for another at least decade if I'm lucky. Right. So I think to myself, what's five hundred dollars more debt when I already have this much? Right. Tens of thousands of thousands of dollars right. of debt because, and it's something I'm getting. Perfect example, and we're going, we'll come for full circle. In uh, one week in July, uh, Alyssa, my girlfriend, and I are going to see. Uh, Macklemore on a Tuesday and then Taylor Swift on a Saturday. And it's just probably like, it was definitely a splurge. I'll say that. Right. But it's one of those things where it's like, what else are we going to do in the summer? You know what? Right. Why wouldn't she want to go to, and I wouldn't even say we're huge Taylor Swift fans that, that may be like Macklemore. Certainly we're going to go. Right. Uh, Taylor Swift. It was just something that like, we've heard she puts on great shows. It's a fun thing to do on a weekend. Yeah. Why Why not? You know what I mean? It seems like a great experience where you can say, hey, remember whenever her song comes out, I oh, remember we saw that live, you know, or something right, right. where it was totally very much experience-based uh, yeah. rather than anything else. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I think it, it, there's definitely sort of a, it's a catch-22, but I, yeah, I, I completely agree. It seems as if I, it's much easier for me to fathom planning a trip that will cost me merely hundreds of dollars than planning to buy a home which will cost me hundreds of thousands of dollars well, and, and at I, this point yeah and I, like i think so i will i will be much more frugal on like work clothes for example mm-hmm. you know like i i recently bought uh a pair of dress shoes and i had hadn't in, in years where i mean five years and i wear them almost every day to to right. work and the ones that i bought were like 35 dollars because they were on sale and right but like i'm like uh even though something i would i mull and contemplate and search and it's this huge thing for a 35 dollar shoe right but for the taylor swift tickets that were probably i don't know 150 a piece maybe 125 right. a piece there wasn't much discussion because it was like, well, why? What else are we going to see her? You know, why yeah. not? What? It's a great. So a lot of those things where 
and I don't know if other people are like that when you're talking about, you know, the overspending. I'm very frugal in other aspects that I may, you know, I'll use these shoes four days a week, you know, every right. whatever, uh, or a lot. And it's a huge purchase for me. I'm like, oh, I don't really. So I'll try to conserve money in other sure. areas to make up for those, you know, experience spends. Yeah. Well, and I, yeah, I think the bottom line is this. I, I think it's just been an, an ideal ideology shift, right? Rather than concerning yourself with what's going to happen years and years down the road and, oh, I need to like buy a home where I'm working because eventually I want to retire into this home and it's something I've established and a family and all that. It just, I think now more than ever, it's not that it's harder to do so. It's just harder to picture yourself in that position because it's, it doesn't seem like it's, I think things progress at a much slower rate right now when it comes to finances, which has enabled people to sort of come to this realization that things don't have to happen so fast. And I think when we look at this Forbes uh, article here, um, how brands can win with the millennials and the experience economy. Mm-hmm. I think it should be said while there, this credit karma study here said one that the people they all, I think 80% of the people they spoke with all said they had budgets. Mm-hmm. So there's a sense of like kind of what I was saying that they're just not spending right. ridiculously. And as you mentioned, it's a different, it's a different mindset on life because people also, aren't getting married in their 20s and aren't, you know, buying houses in their 20s. Mm-hmm. So something is, there is a give there. There is a give and take where, yeah. sure, they're taking these experiences or whatever, but they're also not getting weddings or houses, House, which right. they, in the past, normally got in the 20s. So there yeah. is, it's not like there's just this throwing money and hopefully it's appearing out of nowhere or whatever. There is some give and take in this. Right. And I think maybe, I think the thing people just have to come to grips with is maybe that's okay. Like maybe the tradition of like success is buying this beautiful home and like having a Porsche or something. Maybe it's just maybe that's I no think longer success. Maybe it, that's okay. It's a culture shift. And I was speaking with Chris Resendez, who is uh, Internet of Things, uh, Impact Labs, now Context Labs, and uh, Harvard educated. And most of the time when he's talking to me, I have no idea what he's talking about <laughs> because it's just way above my head. But he said when you look at the future in investments. Mm-hmm. He he said the future women are going to control a, a huge amount of wealth. And he says this is how I he tries to pitch, you know, the experience culture to people who don't understand. Like right. he said and part of that investment when you need to go to you know these people for investment dollars is how they are making their investment is not necessarily based on return. Mm-hmm. It's, reba- it's based on sustainability, the return to the environment, and the social aspect to it, and right. return. So when you have a social aspect, a return on the environment, and then financial return, it's just a shift in, I'll give you $5,000 if I get $10,000 back. There's more than just right. my money return. Yeah, sure, I want my money back in the investment, but am I donating or investing, rather, into a notable good cause? Right. Well, and I mean, that uh, maybe a good place to come full circle into is when you said that, it just made me think of Jordan's again. Because not only does it have the social aspect, not only does it have, what, what were the three? It was social, financial. Well, and- social was more in terms of social good. I don't know how much oh, good. Oh, no, no, no. Social- okay. Yeah, yeah, it was 
it was in a positive social manner, not necessarily socially aware right. or bring social attention to me. It was profit, pro, uh, improving society, uh, a profit okay. to society. Yeah, Jordans are a bad place to go then. Right. Jordans are... They're not, yeah. Sorry, sorry, Michael. You, it, yeah. Hey, is is <laughs> I mean, and but in the weird aspect to that is... Uh, well, so then maybe, hold on, not to cut you off, but sure. then maybe Jordans are a more traditional form then. Right, because I think, it's I think purely so. purely just getting your return on your investment because you can, uh, Jordans come out and they cost $160 retail, right? More than that, depends. If you're going for the on Air Nike? Jordans, if you're going for the Air Jordans, they're between 190 and 250 Oh, the price has gone up since I've been checking. Yeah, you've, yeah. That, that's, I've been slipping. Worth noting, I don't buy very many Jordans. Yeah, and, and those are just for the, nor- I mean, if you're going for the, you know the Supreme Jordans; well, that, those are yeah, four to five hundred, which didn't exist twenty years ago. We don't need to talk. About Fifteen it. years ago. Shout out to all you hype beasts out there. I see you. <laughs> <laughs> don't buy it. Okay, well that's fine. But yeah, so th- maybe a more traditional return on investment for Jordans, which is. But an I don't think anyone's think buying about. Jordans for investments either. I the consumers. The investors, I, I, I would, okay. you know what I mean? I certainly people are, yeah. but I don't like, I'm not buying them. Sure. I, I try to keep them as nice as possible because right. I, like you said, I don't want to scuff can flip them. them too, but I don't, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, you can't. I think that's what I, yeah, I, I, I'm a weirdo in that aspect that I don't like, I've had it's opportunities like to piece. buy them yeah. and flip them. And it, I just a, feel bad about it because I don't like when people like do participate. That. In yeah, that so I don't want to participate market. in that yeah. market. And actually, I did, I did it once just to see, and it was a lot more headache than. Oh, I'm sure the experience isn't that. I great? like put it on yeah. eBay, and then you know you have all these. There are eBay trolls. Yeah, which just bid on the sneakers, then don't pay. Yeah, it's really bizarre. I don't understand it. Yeah, and, and then, then the, you have so I, I like had to list it like six or seven times before an actual real human being. <laughs> Bought the shoe. Bought the shoe. And yeah, I think I right. like like maybe made like $30. Really? Oh, that's a bummer. You should have bought a different pair of Jordans. And the experience was, <laughs> it was the 12th flu, flu game. Those were like pretty. Yeah, those, yeah, you're right. You got a bad deal, man. I'm telling you, it's not, you have to really kind of hoard. You, you have to yeah. get a lot of them in order to make any. Yeah, any real money. What's that 12-year-old that like has, what's his name? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Is? Now, if you kept them, I think, like, for a couple of years and then sold them dead stock. Oh, you know, yeah, 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 for sure. But, yeah. But, anyway, we're digressing. Yeah, we're, we've digressed. We've done that a couple of times on Jordans. I, yeah, that seems to be a pretty common. T- I've, I, I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm considering making my first Jordan purchase in a really long time. That's why. I, I it's feel the Jordan like I 11s, need to get right? Some, well, I don't know. I don't necessarily know. I saw know your how eyes light up when the, you saw them. I love the cool grays. It's the best colorway, in my opinion. But once again, that's it. We'll have a good conversation off pod yeah, about we'll the 11s. Conversation. But I think I, we should leave you guys with this little uh, little nugget uh, from W Magazine. While I was Googling the Balenciaga platform Crocs to show Mike, I discovered that uh, the Balenciaga platform Crocs sold out before they were even released. So if you want to talk about experience, uh, there's nothing quite like being six inches off the ground in a pair of rubber Crocs. Balenciaga, sponsor the pod. But yeah, you want to wrap? I think that's a good place to wrap, right, Mike? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, guys. This has been The Bubble. He is Mike Bonner. Once again, I am Montana Samuels. And we hope you'll have us back to talk about more uh, 
fashion footwear. 